Hello, welcome back to another podcast episode. It is me, Ava Jules, and I don't know, for me, it feels like I'm showing up to my weekly therapy session here, which is really nice. To me, podcasting kind of reminds me of, you know, when you get on the phone or like a FaceTime call with one of your favorite people who you just like talk to and chat with and you end the call and you just feel so good. That is kind of how I feel when I podcast. So thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in today. I am ready to go. I am fueled up by spring rolls, the frozen kind. Do not, don't be getting ahead of ourselves here. I would not know how to cook that from scratch yet. I'm still, I keep saying I'm learning how to cook and that I'm like actively trying to learn how to cook, but let's, let's be real. I got to be real with myself. I have not put in the effort to genuinely learn how to cook things and that's on me. It is one of my goals, but I have done absolutely nothing to further myself in that. So anyway, also had a juice box. I will go apeshit crazy for a juice box. Are they meant for children? Yes. And I do not care. As an adult, it is so luxurious to sip on a juice box all three or four sips because they're so dang small the one i've been obsessed with is the elmo's punch one i think my mom gets it at walmart oh we got to talk about that first of all i went home last night to have dinner with my parents and every time i leave my parents house i always come back to my apartment with such a big bag of stuff sometimes it's food stuff sometimes it's like i don't know just random things and it is the best thing ever because it's pretty much free It's like going to a grocery store, but everything's free. My mom gave me a pack of the juice boxes because she knows I'm obsessed with it. And that is my love language right there. There's something so pure about a juice box. It makes me feel kind of like a kid again. What also kind of does that for me, and I haven't had these in so long, but animal crackers, oh, the last time I munched on an animal cracker, I couldn't even tell you because my memory doesn't go back that far. Honestly, sometimes all it takes to boost your mood is eating or drinking something from your childhood and that'll do it. The last week, it's felt like such a rat race of getting stuff done. I've been trying to stay on top of stuff, but deadlines sometimes just randomly come all at the same time, and so the last week, I've just been trying to get all my stuff done. All good things. I do like to be busy, but I've felt a little overwhelmed, so one thing that I've been doing to kind of get myself through super busy days where I'm just so tired and overwhelmed and stressed, I've been liking to have something to look forward to at night so that when I'm in the midst of all my work during the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can look forward to this certain thing at night. And for me, that has been binging Vampire Diaries and honestly ordering some really good takeout because I have not had the time to cook. So it's been pretty nice. If you're ever very busy with work or school, I feel like it's very good motivation to have something to look forward to after you completed all your stuff. So what used to be that thing for me was a Dirty Shirley. Oh my goodness. And I've been craving them. I feel like that would have gotten me through like the last week, but I don't have vodka. I need the little extra spritz, the extra splash of the fun stuff. <laughs> Honestly, this week it, it, it would have been nice, but uh, I made it through regardless. I need to put some Tito's on my grocery list. I'm not that big of an alcohol girly, to be honest. Truly, I have never really been a drinker unless it's like in a social setting. And even then, I cannot be bothered to be peer pressured. I am like the one person I will not crack most of the time. Most of the time. Gotta preface that. I don't know. I just don't care to. I've never been the person that's like, oh my gosh, can't wait for Friday, Saturday night. Like, let's get faded and like drink a ton. I just... 
I don't know. I'm not like that. It's okay if you are. I have tons of friends who are, and that's not really my thing. I don't know. I feel like you either are or you aren't, and I'm kind of not. Definitely nothing wrong with that, though. I just feel like sometimes it can definitely be hard when a lot of your friends are super big on going out, drinking a lot. It can kind of be hard to be the person that's like, ah, like, I don't really do that, and I don't judge people who do. Like, I will still have the absolute best time. I just don't really want alcohol or need it to have fun and the thing about me I'm a pretty I'm a pretty I'm like I'm an A-list celeb I can put on an act if people around me are drunk I can match that energy that is one of my special talents and I will be completely sober anyway I don't know how we got on this topic but uh yeah I really don't drink that much I'm kind of more of like a I'm a juice girl I love Shirley Temples I honestly like regular Shirley Temples more than I like a dirty one now you know that about me. I am not a party animal. I don't always like to be or want to be the, you know, center of the attention party animal at a party. I kind of like to be behind the scenes and watch from the side. That is my favorite. Oh my gosh, I love people watching. On a business note, hehe, <laughs> I never really talk about business stuff. I definitely want to start talking more about that if you guys are interested, of course. But I just put out on my Instagram today that I'm looking to hire some new members for the Ava Jules team, which sounds so, it feels so weird to say that, but I'm very excited. I'm looking for a creative assistant and a graphic designer, which I am so excited to start vetting applicants and hopefully find people for these positions that just are a great match with me. I'm really excited because it's going to be pretty close and personal work to me. And so I'm just really excited to take this next step in my business and hiring some very cool people. It's going to be a fun process with things that I have coming up. I hate to be that elusive, like exciting things are coming, but I'm going to, I'm going to be that girl. I'm so sorry, but something big, something special is coming. It's something I've dreamed about for so long. This is probably the biggest project I've ever worked on. And so I'm going to need a lot of help with that coming up. And I also want to hire a graphic designer to kind of help with the podcast Instagram a little bit. I've been doing it by myself and it's okay, but I want to hire someone who actually knows what they're doing. I don't really know what I'm doing. I've kind of just been winging it and it's been working out, but I definitely want to pour more into the podcast. So it's all very good things. I'm very excited to expand the team and have some new people come on. I think it's going to be really, really good. It's going to be a good experience. I feel like I don't really talk too much about the business side of things and... I definitely want to lean more into that because I think it's so intriguing. I love hearing other creators talk about it. So definitely let me know. DM me on the podcast Instagram what you think if you're interested in hearing more about the influencer world, the business world behind it, and all of that stuff. I think it'd be cool to lean in more into that. And this whole world is getting so much bigger and it's pretty wild. I've heard of college classes about social media and how to grow an Instagram, how to be a social media manager. It's just insane because I remember when I started, this wasn't even like a reputable career. I didn't even know I could make money off of it. So it is just wild how much it's growing and it's very exciting. But enough about that. I know you're all here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to hear my advice. 
Um, let's not put too high of expectations, okay? This is my first advice episode. I've always wanted to do an episode like this where I read entries from listeners and see what you guys need advice on. Mm, maybe I'm a little biased, but I'd like to think that I give some pretty good, some pretty sound advice. Obviously, I can't get super specific since I don't know all of you personally to do that, but I'm hoping to still help some of you out. I think this is going to be really fun. So I'm looking at the email right now. We have just over 200 entries this honestly might be a two-parter i don't there's no way we're gonna get through all of this uh i didn't i didn't realize this many of you needed advice (laughs) um clearly there's a lot of us that need some guidance it's so funny because every time i do advice or q a stuff on my instagram or my youtube i always spit pretty good facts but i need to learn how to listen to my own advice that's how you know the advice is good when the person who's giving it doesn't even take it for themselves because Sometimes it's just the harsh truth. I want to preface this by saying this is just one person's opinion. You don't have to listen to my advice if you don't want to. I'm not going to be hurt if you don't like my advice. I've given out pretty five-star advice to many of my friends over the years and when they didn't listen, I wasn't I wasn't too hurt, so I understand. I think a lot of the times when we seek advice, sometimes we even know the answer, but you kind of just want to be validated in that way. So I'm going to be honest with the advice. You guys mean a lot to me. I care about you, and so I'm not going to hold back. We'll see where this advice sesh goes. Anyway, we've got a ton of entries to get through. If you want to participate in future episodes like this, make sure you follow the podcast Instagram because I post on my story when I do episodes like these. Let's see what the on my mind listeners need advice on actually first things first this is not an asmr podcast but oh my god that's spicy (laughs) why oh oh my god hello (laughs) why are energy drinks so spicy like i'm about to tear up that really hit the spot okay i'm currently drinking an alani new cherry slush Oh, I love cherry flavored things. Say less. I am on it. I figured for this episode, I needed some energy to help push me through, help me give good advice. We'll see. Hi, Ava. Your podcast is my favorite to listen to, and I always feel comforted when I listen. I was just wondering what inspires you creatively and how you focus with creative blocks slash lack of ideas. That is so sweet. Thank you so much for listening. I feel like when it comes to creativity, the best thing you can probably do for yourself is take breaks. When you put so much pressure on yourself to be creative and find new ideas and inspiration, I feel like it's so counterproductive and does the opposite when you're like stressing to find these things because as I'm sure you probably know, when you find inspiration, it's usually in the most random of moments. It's never, you never find your best ideas when you sit down and brainstorm. That's me personally. I think a lot of people are like that too. It's almost, it feels impossible to sit down with a pen and paper and tell yourself, I'm going to come up with 10 killer creative ideas for whatever it is. I just feel like when you put all that pressure on yourself, it just doesn't do anything. What inspires me creatively is probably creative people that I have in my life and super cool people that I follow online. I love seeing other people do cool shit. And even if it's not something that I'm interested in, just seeing other people be creative in their own way is really inspiring to me. And that kind of helps me tap into my own creativity. And in terms of how I focus with creative blocks and lack of ideas, it can be really hard, especially in the industry that I'm in. I feel like you never have a moment to like breathe and 
come up with new things because as soon as you put out, for me, it's like as soon as I put out one video on a Sunday, the next day I already have to film and edit a new one to get ready for the next week. And so it's always this constant dog chasing its tail scenario where I'm just like grinding to get a video out. I put it up. I don't have any time to like think about it, let it simmer. I just have to work on the next one. And sometimes as much as I love that, I feel like it can kind of be hard to be creative with it because I never have a moment I don't want to say never have a moment. I just don't give myself the chance to take a step back, which I think is so valuable. If you have the time and you're able to take a step back from what you're doing, I think you find so much creativity there versus when you're constantly in the rat race of trying to pump stuff out, you don't really have a chance to actually let your creative thoughts burst and come into fruition. I think I definitely need to take my own advice on this one, but if you're lacking creativity, lacking ideas, maybe even feeling burnt out, sometimes you just have to let yourself feel that way for a little bit. Hopefully this advice helped a little bit. It's okay if you're not always super creative and full of ideas. That's not really realistic. Try to give yourself a little more grace when you're in the lull of things because the more pressure you put, the further you're gonna get from being creative again. Hi Ava, you must be getting so many advice emails, so thank you for picking this one somehow out of all the emails. You're welcome, girl, I got you. I love your videos and now your podcast as well. I grew up on your channel essentially from my end of middle school all the way through high school and now put on your videos whenever I do laundry as a freshman in college. That is insane, I love you. Thanks for being on this life journey with me. That is crazy, wow. My question is this, how can I make genuine friendships when I have extreme social anxiety? I feel like I really like getting to know people and having genuine conversations, but my anxiety stands in the way of that. Sometimes I avoid friends on campus, not because I don't like them, but I'm afraid of making conversation. Thank you so much. Much love. Oh, girl, I have been there. My social anxiety used to be almost crippling. I would like break down sometimes in tears just by like being in group situations. So I definitely feel you. I empathize with you. I know it's so hard to create good friendships when friendships kind of give you anxiety. It's such a hard thing because you want friendships, but the idea, you know, like put, you know, I, I get it. What I've noticed when I opened up about this to certain people, I was shocked by how many people also felt really similar to me. And the thing is, I feel like a lot of people might feel the same way you do, where they're nervous to make the first move, so nothing ever happens. And I don't know, I feel like the best way to look at it is that sometimes you could be missing out on a really cool friendship. And I know it's so hard because it's like, okay, well, how do I get over this anxiety socially? And it's really hard. What has helped me so much become more comfortable socially and more of I'm not that outgoing, but I've I've gotten better. I used to absolutely rot in group situations and now eh, it's it's all right. I, I don't freak out as much anymore. What helped me get to the point I'm at now was kind of just realizing that all of these thoughts I have in my head of how people are perceiving me is just all in my head. The second I started opening up and reaching out and hanging out with people, the easier it got. And it was really hard to get to that point because the first time you do it, it's really scary. It's hard. But for me, when I was going through that, I was like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Asking myself that question has been so helpful in so many aspects, honestly. What's the worst thing that can happen? Someone doesn't want to be my friend? Okay, they're lost. What if I reach out to someone and I'm really nervous to do it? What if they end up being my best friend and we're literally like family? So for me, that kind of mindset helped me out a little bit, but I think in terms of wanting to get to know people, 
but having your anxiety stand in the way of that, I feel like a good way to kind of get out of your shell a little bit. This is going to sound really small and insignificant, but when you pass someone, give them a little compliment. This has been something I have been doing. Every time I leave my house, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be someone passing me on the street, someone that opens the door for me at whatever, wherever I am, someone in front of me at the line in the grocery store, or someone that's checking me out at a clothing store. I give compliments to literally everyone. Every time I'm in public, I love giving compliments. And you're probably like, okay, how does this correlate? I used to be so scared. If I liked someone's outfit, my mouth was shut. I never verbalized it. If I liked someone's hair or whatever it was, their personality, I would just stay silent. And so I kind of gave myself this challenge. And this was a few months ago. I was like, okay, every time I exit the house, if I interact with someone, I'm going to give them a compliment. And I'm not going to, you know, pull it out of thin air. Like it's going to be something I genuinely feel and want to compliment them on. That built so much confidence because I would kind of be like talking to strangers in a way. If I saw a girl with a super cool outfit, I'd be like, hey, I like your outfit. And sometimes she's like, thanks. And you know what? That's the end of the conversation. But sometimes it would blossom into, oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Like I like your outfit. And then, you know, you like talk for 10 seconds. But little interactions built up my confidence so much. I don't know. Now it's like second nature to me. Like I can almost start a conversation with someone that is a stranger that I meet in public that I'm passing on the street. I love giving compliments and it's built so much confidence in me, which is funny because I'm complimenting other people, but it's helped me so much internally with speaking to people who I don't know and building the confidence of having conversations with people that I would usually be uncomfortable to do, you know? It's really hard. I know that. Sometimes I still feel it. Sometimes it comes back harder than other times. But lately, I have just become so much more comfortable with public interactions, which is really nice. And it all started from something as small as telling someone in a coffee shop or at a store, I like your outfit. I like your hair. You have a really nice smile. Anything like that. Now that I'm looking back (laughs) at the email, I kind of disregarded the question i kind of went off so sorry queen but she asked how can i make genuine friendships when i have extreme social anxiety i think the most important thing is if you see someone who you think you'd vibe with give them a compliment who knows even that little conversation starter could be the beginning of an amazing friendship hype yourself up tell yourself that you're an amazing friend and people would be lucky to be friends with you for me because i'm not really too much of a group friendship person i've always had really good like one-on-one friendships. I don't really have like a group of friends, I would say. I feel like for a lot of people that struggle with social anxiety, that's kind of the case where you don't have a super huge group of friends. And so you don't have to have a super big group of friends. Maybe it's just one person that you have a really good, genuine connection with. And that's good too. I hope this helped. Take this from someone who has had really bad social anxiety. Sometimes I still do. It does get better and You can get better at managing it, and it's not always going to be this bad. Hi, Ava. First off, I love you so much. Second off, I've been wanting to start a YouTube channel for some time, but don't know where to start or how to even do it. Could you give some advice on the podcast or make an in-depth YouTube video on it? Have a great day. Thank you so much. I honestly love getting YouTube-related questions. I could talk about, I could talk about the influencer, like, content creation space for hours. It really intrigues me. And I've noticed there's such an influx of people wanting to be YouTubers or just wanting to create more of a social media presence. The time is now. I know sometimes it doesn't feel that way because you're like, oh, everyone, you know, there's like tons of influencers, blah, blah, blah. No, everyone has something different to offer. The hardest part is starting 
and it's not always going to be perfect. You're not going to be the best YouTuber when you just start out. So you have to drop that expectation because if I waited till I was ready or till I was good at being a YouTuber, I probably never would have started. I started with no knowledge with, it was really bad, but hey, it was all part of the learning experience. And eight years later, here I am. I think the most important thing is getting your foot in the door and just post your first video. If you're going to be a vlogger, post a vlog. If you're going to be a makeup girly, post a makeup tutorial and get the first one over with. It can be so hard to start something new, but once you start, you create momentum for yourself. And then once you have momentum, you just keep going and going and going. It's kind of like a snowball effect. Honestly, if you have a camera on your phone, iPhone vlogs hit. I have been doing a little bit of vlogging on my iPhone and there's nothing wrong with it. You don't have to have the most high-tech, fancy, best quality equipment. That's not the most important thing when you start. I think the best thing to do is just post a few videos, start getting a feel for it because it takes a little bit of getting used to getting comfortable in front of a camera and filming yourself. So I think getting yourself familiar with what it's like to vlog and be in front of a camera is really important. It's all about practice. Don't worry about being cringy because it's inevitable. Everything we do in life five years from now, we're gonna think it's cringy. So do whatever you want. Don't let that hold you back. If anything, I feel like now's the time to do it. There is so many great videos and tutorials. There's so much advice online of how to start a YouTube channel, all the logistics behind it. And that information is so accessible these days, which is really great. So definitely use that to your advantage. And I think as long as you're starting for the right reasons, it will be so fun. You're going to have so much fun doing it. If it turns into something that is a career, that's great. But I feel like if you only start social media with the intention of getting lots of money or lots of followers, sometimes you're going to end up being very disappointed because it's not a quick process. For some people, yes, they become famous boom, overnight, and it's really crazy. But for most people, it really takes time to establish yourself and get your foot in the door. But honestly, being on YouTube is one of the best things ever. I would do it for free because it's just so fun. I love creating videos. I love making content. I love editing. It's just so fun. And I think it's such a good creative outlet. So just do it. There's nothing stopping you. If you're worried about other people's opinions, absolutely no. We cannot let other people's thoughts on us dictate our lives, do what you want. I think you'll have so much fun with it. So just start. That is the hardest part. You just got to do it. Okay, before we hop into the next advice entry, I wanted to talk a little bit about curology. For years and years now, I have struggled with acne. At first, it started as teenage acne when my hormones were acting up. And now that I'm in my 20s, it's kind of turned into adult acne that I struggle with from time to time. I remember, I think the first time I used it, I was 16 or 17 and I got my custom formula and it was so nice to finally see results and feel good in my skin again. If you don't know, Curology is game-changing custom skincare made for you by a dermatology provider. They'll create a custom prescription cream for your specific goals, whether that's tackling acne, clogged pores, skin texture, dark spots, fine lines, or something else. You start by taking a short online skin quiz and uploading photos, and if it's a good fit, they'll ship you your formula right to your door. It even has your name on the bottle very cute. I just think it's so cool and convenient that you get everything you need for your routine in one easy box. As much as I love 
the crazy skincare aisles in different stores, it can be very overwhelming and I honestly don't know too much. So handing it off to Curology, they take care of the rest. You get everything you need in a box each month if you sign up for the subscription, which is so convenient. And convenience is something I really value in my life and Curology is definitely convenient. I was originally introduced to it by one of my favorite creators online when I was younger. And so it's really cool. Maybe I can be that person for people now. So you can get started with Curology just like I did with a free 30-day trial at Curology.com mind. Just pay $5 for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y dot com slash mind to start your free 30-day trial. Cancel anytime, prescription subject to consultation. Definitely go check it out. I love Curology. I'm a big fan. I'm so excited to work with them and tell you about it. And let's get back into the episode. Hi, Ava. Love your podcast. I would love advice on how to get through a time in your life where you feel like you have no friends and are lonely. I keep comparing my life to people's I see on social media and it's getting hard to feel grateful for what I have when I see others hanging around with friends and I'm home getting sad about it. Oh girl, I have been there. I have felt that very deeply. This is one of the hardest feelings because you just feel like you're missing out on all the fun and it sucks. I totally get that. When I was going through something very similar to this, honestly, I muted a lot of people on social media who are kind of triggering these feelings of FOMO and things that would just kind of make me feel bad. And that has nothing to do with the people that you're muting. You know, that has nothing to do with them, but sometimes you have to do that for yourself. It's so easy to get jealous over people on social media. I get that. I I go through that. But I think the best thing that comes out of a situation like this is becoming your own best friend. And I know I sound like a broken record because all I talk about is becoming your own best friend. I need to do a whole episode on this. If you're feeling lonely right now, now is the perfect time since maybe you don't have that many friendships that you have to pour into. Pour it into yourself. Discover what you like to do. Go out on little dates with yourself. And instead of looking at it like, oh my gosh, like that's so sad. You're doing stuff alone. Like how lonely are you? No, that is a power move. It's so empowering when you can hang out with yourself and love your own company. It does take some time to get to that point, but it is so worth putting in the work to do that. I know a situation like this sucks. There's kind of no advice to give for it other than use this time to pour into you, become your own friend. And when you truly start to love hanging out with yourself, you don't really feel lonely anymore. Other people could be hanging out And it doesn't really affect you as much as it does now. But also know that these periods in life do happen. I've gone through periods like this. You always find your people. You will always have that to look forward to in the future. I never thought I would be blessed with the friendships that I have now. A few years ago, I never would have thought that. Feelings like this don't last forever. I know it sucks. I know it's hard. But into you. And I don't know if this advice was helpful, but that's kind of how I would deal with it. I'd like you to talk about grieving and losing a loved one, specifically a pet. I lost my cat today and it was highly unexpected. Your podcast is such a pick-me-up. Love all the work you do. That is so sweet. Thank you. Oh, losing a loved one, I haven't really experienced, which scares the living shit out of me because I know it's inevitable. The closest person I've had to me that has passed away is my great grandma and we were very close, but I've never had like a parent, a grandparent. Oh, I can't even, I can't even process that. So I don't know. That's going to be 
horrible when I have to deal with it, but I know it's kind of inevitable. So I don't really have advice for that, but specifically for losing a pet and grieving that, I know it is so hard. I feel like a lot of people don't understand, especially if they don't have a pet themselves, but no one understands the connection you have with your cat or your dog, except for you. It is such a beautiful and meaningful connection that you can't always explain. And so a lot of people might not get why you're still sad, but in a way, it's almost as horrible as losing a human because your pets are such a big part of your world. They are like a big part of your life. And so when you lose that, it really is such a sad and hard thing to go through. I've gone through this once with the first family dog that we had and it was horrendous. I was sad for such a long time. I don't know, I was pretty young at the time, but I was absolutely shattered. I don't think there's like a correct way to grieve about losing a pet, whatever way you need to grieve, then that's what you need to do. I feel like everyone handles loss very differently, but you don't have to expect yourself to get over it in a week or a month or even a year. Sometimes things like this take so long. It's the biggest double-edged sword to exist, loving a pet so deeply because love like that you can't replicate. It's different from human love. It is, it's different. If you know, you know. But on the other end of things, and this is the double-edged sword thing, when you lose that pet, it literally feels like a part of you died. And it's the worst thing in the world. All of your feelings, whatever you're feeling, however you're dealing with it, is valid. You just got to give yourself time, give yourself the space to grieve, the grace to do that. And everyone deals with grief and loss so differently. I know a lot of people that lose pets, they kind of immediately get a new one to kind of fill that void. And that works for some people. Some people don't do that. So it really depends. I'm sending you so much love. I know this is so hard. Hey, Ava. So I'm going to start doing dual enrollment at my local community college in the fall. Everyone in my classes are going to be in their late teens slash early 20s and I'll only be 15. What advice can you give me on making friends in such a strange new environment? Also, I love the pod. Thank you. I'm glad you like it. Also, you, my friend, you're a smart girly, aren't you? You're only going to be 15. Go off. You're killing it. That's amazing. I feel like you're going to learn a lot. And when you're surrounded by people who are older than you, you'll definitely maybe mature a little bit more just because you'll be around people. Eh, not that all teenagers or early 20s like me know it all, but I don't know. I definitely know more than I did at 15, which is nice. So I feel like you'll get a lot of cool experience. And in terms of making friends in kind of a strange environment where you're a lot younger. I think finding people who have things in common with you is a great place to start. Some people you might have nothing in common with and that's okay, but if you're looking to make friends, I think sometimes you just have to put yourself out there. I know it's scary. You're meant to make all the friends that you're going to have. I don't know, like in the grand scheme of things, that's already all like planned out in the master grand plan of the universe or whatever you believe in. I think if you just be yourself, put yourself out there, that's the best thing you can do. You're going to gain so much cool experience and go you. That is awesome. Hi, Eva. How do you deal with feeling behind socially? I'm in high school, but I don't have a boyfriend or go to all the parties, especially with COVID restricting my high school life for the first two years. How do I not feel like I'm missing out on my high school experience? Oh my gosh, this is such a good question. Honestly, I feel like so many people that are in college and high school right now got absolutely robbed of an experience the last two years, which I can't even imagine how that feels. It's very unfair and it freaking sucks that that happened. It's just like, what can you do? You know, the last two years have passed. You can't really get that back. And that literally sucks so much. It's horrible. 
but how do you deal with it moving forward? I'm asking myself this question. That's why I'm talking like this. But I think the most important thing to understand is that you have so much life ahead of you and you'll experience all the things you're meant to experience. I think since you got kind of robbed of a experience the last two years, if you feel like the experience you want is going to parties and going out, then go do that. But not everyone is like that. Like for me, I was never really a super big party girl in high school. Well, hold on a sec. (laughs) A little bit. But like I said in the beginning of this podcast, that's just not really me. But when I was I was going through some shit. I I went through a phase. Anyway, what I was kind of trying to get at here is that I feel like when people think about the college experience or the high school experience, your mind goes straight to partying. And for some people, that is the experience that they want to have. And they like that. But that's not the case for everyone. And that doesn't have to be the generic what it means. Partying, what I'm trying to say, hello, so sorry, I try to gather my thoughts. What I'm trying to say is that partying is not the only like high school, college experience. There's other things that contribute to the experience and it's kind of what you want out of it. If you don't give a shit about partying, that's fine. That's not the only thing that creates your school experience. In terms of not having a boyfriend, that is a-okay. Trust me, if you don't have a boyfriend right now, you are not behind. You are never behind for not having a boyfriend, no matter what phase of life you're in. Even if you're in college, if you're post-grad, if you're in high school, if you don't have a partner, that is fine. I know sometimes it feels like the most important thing in the world, but I promise it's not. And it's so hard to feel that in the moment. But trust me, in hindsight, I almost wish that I stayed away from boys in high school because I got a little mentally messed up from that. And I have a lot of bad experiences. I wouldn't change anything necessarily because I did learn a lot, but... It's okay if you don't have a boyfriend. Even if it feels super important, you're really not missing out on that much. Anyway, you still have all the time in the world to experience things that you want to experience. If you don't experience what you wanted to experience in high school, you might experience it later down the road. You have all the rest of your life to create memories. You don't have to only create memories in your high school and college years. When I feel behind socially, I kind of just accept that that's where my life is at and it's okay. There's not one formula for a good experience and everyone's formula is going to look a little bit different, especially with COVID for so many people. You're definitely not alone in that because everyone who's your age right now has also been experiencing that. And so I think it's really good to know that you're not alone and you still have so many more good years of your life left where you can experience all the things that you wish to. Hi, Ava. I would love advice on how not to be socially awkward and quiet and to be myself more around people. Thank you very much. I love your podcast and YouTube and thank you are an inspiration to all. Have a beautiful day. You are so sweet. I love you so much. You are definitely asking the right person because I used to crumble in social situations. I kind of already talked about this, but one of the best things that helped me be less like awkward is understanding that I make things so much worse in my head and your head is your worst enemy. You always think the worst of yourself in these situations. You're like, oh my God, I'm literally so weird and awkward. What am I doing? No one likes me. And 99% of the time, people are not perceiving you like that. It's all in your head. So first, if you can understand that, it takes such a big weight off because you're like, oh, I'm literally just being hard on myself. For me, what really helped with awkwardness is taking deep breaths before I go and hang out with people, which sounds so dumb. If you haven't dealt with social anxiety, first of all, go you. It's, it's, it sucks because your heart is beating so fast. 
you are overthinking everything you say, you're like trying to plan out what you're gonna talk about. It's very crippling and it's such a shitty situation because, you know, we're always surrounded by people in life. And so it's really hard to avoid. I would really try to get my heart to stop racing. For me, that's how a lot of my anxiety showed up was in like just this overwhelming feeling in my chest that it was literally about to explode. So taking a lot of deep breaths personally really helped me. And also what helped so much was literally telling myself, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're not going to like me. Okay, that is fine. Be yourself, bitch. Stop putting on an act because every time I would put on an act and not really be myself, it would just make things worse because I felt like I wasn't being myself, obviously. And so when I was kind of acting not like myself, it just put all this pressure to like keep up this performance. On that note, another thing that really helped me was faking my confidence which was hard because again, with the term fake it till you make it, what if you don't know how to fake it? I didn't really know how to fake social confidence for a long time, but I kind of cracked the system and this is what helped me personally. Every time I was hanging out with people, I would have my body language be open because I noticed that every time I was like feeling nervous or socially awkward, or I had anxiety about being in a social situation, I would kind of like cave in on myself and my posture would be bad. And I would just feel like I was trying to cocoon myself into comfort and that didn't really help. So when I would sit up straight, it would kind of help my confidence a little bit. It's so weird how like your body language can translate into feeling more confident, but it really opened up my body in a way. And so it kind of made me feel more confident. But I feel like the most important thing is to just ease up on yourself and let the conversation flow. Don't think about it. Don't plan what you're going to say. I was so trapped in this where before I would hang out with people, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to talk about this, 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 because I would try to get ahead of my anxiety and plan out everything that I was going to say. But in reality, it just freaked me out more. I would just let things flow. You don't have to be the center of the conversation, the life of the party. That's okay if you're not. You don't have to force yourself to kind of stand in that position. Some people are naturally like that and that's great. But if you're more on the quiet and shy side, it's okay to be like that because that's yourself. I also just feel like it really depends on the people you're around because some people, I just feel very like, eh, I'm scared, I'm awkward, whatever. And then other people, I am loud, I am outgoing. So I feel like a big factor is who you're hanging out with. The more you practice, the more you put yourself out there, I promise the easier it gets over time. It is something that gets a little more doable each time you do it. And it's scary, it's daunting, but... You can do it. I believe in you. You just have to believe in yourself. Hi, Ava. What's your advice on living your best hot girl summer? Love your podcast, by the way. I get so excited every Wednesday morning. That makes me so happy. I'm so glad you like it. And in terms of hot girl summer, ooh, I love this topic. Everyone's version of a hot girl summer is different. It's going to look different for everybody. Some people are completely off during the summer. They have no work, but some people still have to work during the summer. So my advice, my general advice for living your best hot girl summer life, plan fun shit to do, period. <laughs> like, obviously, Ava, that was kind of stupid to say. I, I know that's generic. Do this because I did this last year and it was really fun. Make a bucket list, make it cute, make it aesthetic, whatever you gotta do. Write down fun things that you can do that are doable. To live your best summer life, that doesn't mean you're going on this crazy trip, you know, because not everyone is gonna do that. 
But you can still have such a fun summer, even if you're in your hometown, if you're not traveling as much. I think in every place, there's fun things to do during the summer. Plan a cute little Pinterest picnic with your friends. Go for a lake day. Go on a road trip. Have a sleepover with your friends. Have a girls' night. Watch the sunrise once a week. Watch the sunset once a week. I feel like it's the little things that just make life so exciting. And if you don't have all these crazy summer plans, that is okay. You can still have such a good summer. Listen to my last episode if you haven't about romanticizing your life because I feel like this kind of relates with enjoying the little things. But I feel like when we're talking about hot girl summer specifically, hype yourself up. Become the best version of yourself. Pour into yourself. Surround yourself with other hot girls that inspire you, make you feel good. You have a good community around you. This summer, we do not take bullshit from men. We do not take bullshit from other people. We are living our best life in whatever way that means to you. Okay? Great. (laughs) Did that make sense? I don't know. Hi, Ava. I've been struggling on and off since starting college with hating myself for being single. I know you're in a relationship, but do you have advice for loving your time of being single? I know there's nothing wrong with being single, but sometimes it's such a mental struggle. Thank you. I love your podcast and all that you do. You are so sweet and I definitely understand where you're coming from. I have felt like that. I know it's kind of annoying to hear advice on being single because I'm in a relationship, but I've been there. I totally know what you're feeling. My best advice is to love your life while you're alone. Because when you add a partner into the equation, your life will change. You won't have as much time for yourself. You will sometimes have to compromise and give up certain parts sometimes because with relationships comes a bit of sacrifice. And in a way, that's kind of the best part of being single is you have complete reins over your life. And I'm not saying that I don't have complete reins over my life or people in a relationship don't, but it's definitely different when you're single because you don't have to think about someone else. When you're in a relationship, when you're making decisions and doing whatever it is, you will always take into account how your partner is going to feel and how they're going to react, whatever it is. So when you're single, you just have free range of whatever you want to do. And I feel like that freedom is so nice. I do believe in freedom in a relationship because if you don't have freedom in a relationship, It's definitely not a good sign, but at the same time, it's different because when you're in a relationship, like I said, you're always taking into account the other person's feelings because that's how it goes. I know when you fall and spiral into that headspace of, oh my gosh, I wish I had someone to be in a relationship with. Like I want to cuddle someone. I want to kiss someone, whatever it is. I know that sucks when you spiral down that headspace, but just know that your single time is freaking precious. It is so precious. And if you do desire a relationship one day, when that does come, you're gonna miss being single. Not in the way that, oh, I wish I could just like mess around and do whatever with different people. You're just gonna miss being single in the way that once you're in a long-term relationship, if you do end up like marrying that person, you're never gonna be alone like that again. And so I feel like, think about that. If you're ever struggling with being single, I think being single is such a good time to explore yourself, explore what you like, what you don't like, and try different things. Do do things for yourself. You don't have to think about someone else's feelings or someone else's thoughts and opinions, just your own. And that is so amazing. I think being single is great. <laughs> and yes, I'm in a long-term relationship saying that, but I, I think being single is a really good thing. Obviously, I'm not shitting on relationships, because I am freaking in one and relationships are really great too if you're in a healthy one. But to the person who wrote this in, this is your time to shine, baby. (laughs) Go thrive, go thrive. 
Hey, Ava, my question is, what would you say to someone who is struggling with their worth ethic again? Lately, I've been mentally and emotionally drained and the idea of work worries me because I feel like I'll just give up and I know I'm not like that at all. I feel where you're coming from. It's so hard because in the world we live in today, your worth is a lot of the times based off of how hard you work and your worth ethic if you succeed. And I hate that that's like a idea that people have in their head that your work equals your worth because no, it doesn't. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. But my advice, if you're struggling with your work ethic, think of your work, your job as your side hustle and think of your real life, like your personal life as your main hustle. So your side hustle, which is your job, supports your real life and what you really love to do. I've talked about this in a podcast before because I saw this in a TikTok and a lot of the people in the comments were just saying how that perspective really changed their life. It's a lot easier to get the work, which is your side hustle per se, done when you think of it in terms of supporting your real life, your personal life. But it's really hard, especially when you're feeling drained emotionally, mentally. It's very hard to give a shit about work because it's just like, ugh. That's very normal. Feeling burnt out is so common, unfortunately. I don't know what kind of job you're in and how often you can take like mental breaks from it and stuff or how many days you have off. I feel like if you're working weekdays, plan a very relaxing weekend for yourself or even on work nights, do something nice for yourself, whether that's like taking a bath or a hot shower or just something that recharges you. I feel like recharging is so important, especially when we're feeling drained from work. Motivation definitely comes and goes, so it's really hard to rely on that. Sometimes you just have to grind and it sucks. Sometimes it's hard. It doesn't feel doable, but sometimes to get where you want to be, to get where you need to be, you just have to push through it. And yes, give yourself grace, but I don't know. I think there's definitely a time to push through but there's also a time to rest, so it really depends. I know my subconscious thoughts aren't really me that's speaking. It's my mind spiraling, but sometimes I let the negative thoughts take over and they lead me to self-doubt or lack of confidence. How do I deal with overthinking slash intrusive thoughts? I love you, Ava. Your podcast is one of the best parts of my week by far. That is so sweet. I love you so much. And as you know, I definitely relate. Intrusive thoughts freaking suck, especially when they lead to self-doubt. It's hard to deal with because you can't just like shut it off. But something that's helped me is literally verbally saying, shut the f up. I don't say the F word on the internet yet. I haven't gotten there, okay? I just, I can't. Verbally tell yourself, if you curse, that is, <laughs> shut the f up. For me, that's been really powerful because sometimes my thoughts, my feelings that are all just like swimming inside my head are so loud and they just lead to the deterioration of my confidence, my like self-love, all that stuff. I literally will say out loud, shut up. What am I thinking? And then you know what I will do? I put on Meg the Stallion, my queen. If you want to listen to like the ultimate hot girl music, I actually just made a playlist on Spotify. It's called Songs That Hot Girls Listen To. Look up Ava Jules on Spotify, you'll find it. This playlist makes me feel so confident. And sometimes when you're in your head, you just need to put in the earbuds, put on your headphones and tune out your thoughts. Because if your thoughts are too loud, drown them out. Create a hot girl playlist. Listen to my hot girl playlist. And that's been the biggest help is literally drowning it out in whatever way, whatever distraction that is. Maybe it's working out. Maybe it's blasting music way too loudly, but I can't hear my thoughts anymore and the music is empowering and makes me feel good. So, hey, you got to do what you got to do. If you're someone who is a visualization person, because everyone is different in terms of what they respond best to, if you are a visualizer, 
take a shower and literally as you're rinsing your body and you're like standing under under the water, picture all of your thoughts washing down the drain. And I feel like if you're someone who visualizes, that could be so powerful. Hey Ava, I'm such a big fan. I would like some advice on reaching out to new people. I think a great way to make new connections, meet new people is kind of related to what I said before. Give people compliments. When you compliment someone on something, it makes them feel good. And typically, sometimes it'll spark a little conversation and who knows where it could go from there. Also, social media is such a powerful tool these days because you can meet people or like find people who live in your area and connect over social media, which is a lot less daunting than connecting in real life because you can comment something cute on their TikTok or their Instagram page, be like, oh my gosh, like you're so cute, blah, 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 love your outfit. And who knows, it could spark in a friendship that starts online, that develops to in-person. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like if you're someone who gets really nervous to reach out, social media is one of the best ways to do that. I have started so many friendships on social media and it's really great. It can be really hard to develop a friendship in person if you're someone who gets really anxious about that stuff. And so starting it off on social media is really great. It takes a lot of the pressure off because, you know, you're like sitting behind a screen. It's a lot less daunting when you do that. Just type a little comment, maybe DM them and who knows, maybe you'll find your new bestie. Hi Ava, I hope you're having fun filming the advice episode. Girl, I'm not filming it, I'm recording it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I've been waiting for this one, turn it up, okay. I love this entry so far, (laughs) my queen. The advice I'm in need of is how to become a live in the moment person. I don't know if I'm the only one that struggles with this, but I'll be in a moment and then think about how much I'm going to miss this and it'll become a memory. What? I'm pretty sure I'm crazy, but maybe you'll understand. Oh girl, this happens to me way too much. I understand you perfectly. Also, this one is more broad, how to feel genuinely happy with where you are in life, even if it doesn't seem exciting or like you're making progress or if you don't have a boyfriend. Oh girl, we do not need a boyfriend to be excited about life. No. Moving on. I hope these are good for the episodes. I have been enjoying listening to the pod on my hot girl walk. Thank you so much for being the amazing sister from another mister that we all need. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You're a queen. I hope you're strutting away on your walk right now. Okay, there's a little bit to unpack here with this double question. So how to become a more live in the moment person? It is very hard to. And I understand that because I'm also such a memories nostalgic person that every time I'm in a moment that I am so in love with and and I'm excited to be in, literally as I'm in this moment, I'm missing it as I'm in it, which is the weirdest and most odd phenomenon. And I hate that because I don't want to feel like that when I'm living in the moment. It's, It's hard. I don't know if I actually have good advice to give on this because I struggle with it too. But when I was feeling like this, I most recently felt like this on the trip that I was on when I was in San Diego. We were watching the sunset on this cliff and it was something I'd wanted to do for so long. And since I was actually there, I was like, holy shit, I've dreamed of this moment. And now it's going to be gone soon. Like in an hour, I'm going to miss it. And I was thinking this as I was standing there, which kind of took away from the moment a little bit. I tried to pull myself out of that mindset and I was like, just enjoy it. Every moment in life is fleeting. I'm lucky to even be experiencing this. So as counteractive as this might seem, if you are ever in a moment that you're already missing as you're in it, take a picture, take a video. I know it's a little weird that I'm saying that because sometimes when you whip your phone out, it kind of takes away from the moment. The pictures I have, the videos I have, the vlogs I create, it's worth it because I get to literally look back at pictures, at videos and see what that moment was like again. So even if it took away a little bit, I feel like I gain more because I can see it again. As much as I love a good mental picture 
that doesn't really work for me because I forget things. I forget what they look like. I forget what it sounded like. But with videos and pictures, it feels like I'm there again. And to answer the other question of how to feel genuinely happy with where you are in life, that's a question I think a lot of us <laughs> want to know the answer to. I'm going to sound like the most broken, scratched up record saying this, but... We gotta enjoy the little moments and I know it's so annoying to hear. I say this all the time because you'll never be truly fulfilled in life if you're only looking forward to the next big thing, the next big event, the next big trip you go on. Those moments don't come super often. And so if you're constantly waiting for that, all the in-between time, you're just like, oh, well, this sucks. Like, my life is boring, but it's not. I think once you start to appreciate the little things and little moments in your everyday life, it's really amazing and I I feel annoying saying this because I say it all the time but I think it's really impactful and that's personally what has really helped me and in regards to the it doesn't seem exciting or like you're making progress in life I feel like the most important thing to understand is that every moment is fleeting each season in your life you're never going to be able to relive and when you think about it like that it just makes moments so much more special so even if you are in an era of life where you're still kind of trying to figure things out you don't feel like you're progressing a little bit this is just one chapter. And as hard as it is, sometimes you just have to enjoy chapters before they're over because no chapter lasts forever. It's human nature. We're constantly evolving, progressing in our lives. And so even if you feel like you're in a rut, you will get exactly where you need to be, even if you're not there right now. Okay, I think this is going to be the last one that I answer. And I really like this question. A lot of the time, I think that I'm being dramatic or overreacting. How do I know when to stand up for myself and when to just let it go? Is it best to just walk away from situations? I thought this would be a really good and important one to answer because I do think there are certain times when you need to stand up for yourself and when it's important to, but I think there's also situations where you need to let it go. If a situation is unsafe and standing up for yourself would sacrifice your safety, sometimes that's not worth it. But I think in most situations, there is nothing more powerful than standing up for yourself, what you believe in. I don't think it's good to let people trample over you. And that's not you being dramatic if you stand up for yourself. I think I think it's good that you want to. You're not dramatic. You're not overreacting. If someone tells you you're overreacting about something, that's like, no, void. That is not valid because they don't know what it's like to be you. If those are your feelings, then you're not overreacting because that's just you, you know? I feel like internally you will know when to stand up for yourself or when to just let it go because sometimes it's like not a, the right place. It's not the right time to bring up certain things. It really, like I said, with the whole safety thing, but other times I think it's really important to stand up for yourself because a lot of people don't, especially women, it's really hard to stand up for yourself sometimes because if a man is talking down to you or trying to make you feel small, that's what they want. They don't want you to stand up for yourself. And I think standing up for yourself is really important because what you have to say matters, your opinions matter. As women, we don't deserve to be shut down by men. And I know this is not what the question was asking, but I feel like a lot of situations in life, men just like to tear women down so you know what? The tables have turned. We're going to start standing up for ourselves. I think it builds so much inner confidence when you do that. And I think it's important too. And in terms of the question, is it best to just walk away from situations? Sometimes it is. Like I said, your safety is concerned. It's, it's never worth that. Do not let anyone make you feel small. No. When you build the confidence to stand up for yourself, you build up the confidence to stand up for others. And I think that's a really important thing. 
So clearly I'm going to need to do a part two of this episode because I still have over 175 emails to go through. I don't want to miss out on all of these. So I think maybe next week, let me know if you'd be okay with a back-to-back advice episode. If not, I can save it for a few weeks from now, but I definitely want to answer more. I had so much fun doing this. I hope my advice was helpful. I know a lot of the stuff I say sometimes is repetitive, but it's just how I feel. Again, you don't have to take my advice as a fact. It's literally just one person's opinion, even if I do think it's right. On a more annoying note, something very exciting is coming for summer 2022. I'm very excited. I'm going to shut up. First advice session is down. Anyway, I hope you liked all the advice that was on my mind.